You're listening to Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon. Hey, what's up, World Wide Web? This is Alex. And this is Frank. And we are filmmakers. And we're drinking bourbon. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Oh, reach over there. Mmm. That good, delicious brown liquid. Mmm. I think we're still crossing that bridge. Crossing that bridge? Yep. What's the bridge? In the bourbon, like some kind of covered bridge. What? Thing. Bourbon covered bridge. You don't remember anything. I don't remember. I have a terrible memory. Do we sound different, though? Do we sound different? Yeah, like Grammy-nominated. <laughs> <laughs> we are in a Grammy-nominated uh, studio environment with uh, our faithful companion, Adam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Can they hear that? Does that record the track? Ah, oh, I wish that. I wish the talkback was recorded the track. Adam, the Grammy-nominated technician. Let them use their imagination. Yeah. Said. Oh yeah, it was it was nasty. Don't ever say that again. Anyway, there's the bourbon though. What is the bourbon? I can't you read it. You read it. Had, I'm, Colville. 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 Yeah, Colville. And it has a bridge on it. <laughs> oh, gotcha. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Ah, oh, covered bridge. I'm like, what? Was that some like throwback to a, an old episode that it, I don't remember? It was. It was only like. Three episodes ago. Yeah. You know how like elephants have like a really long memory and they don't forget anything? That's not me. Not more of a more of like a like a mouse. Yeah. Yeah. But I scare the elephant. See how that works? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Tiny but powerful. (laughs) (laughs) What's been up, man? What have you been up to? Oh, I'm prepping for a shoot. Really? Yeah. Like a gun shoot? Kind of. Like a parachute? We have a little uh Talking head, two-day talking head shoot. Sounds terrifying. Yeah. A tiny talking head? Yeah. Like a, a tribal, <laughs> like, like a shrunken, shrunken head? head? Yep. Oh, God. Yep. So it's uh, a horror film? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're doing uh, talking heads interviews. Yep. Um, yep. Is it, uh, what's, the, what's the style of it? Is, it? is it kind of flat and high key? Is it moody? Is it, what are you going for? Slightly moody. Um, okay. has been the way I've done them before. So it's, it's for an organization that's, um, deal, deals with children, uh, K through 12. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, um, I just have a hard time doing things flat. Yeah. Anyway. Sure. Um, what are they talking about? Are they t- just talking about the organization? They're basically talking about them. So it's like a little bio okay. um, type of thing on each, uh, each children. Um, they've never been in front of a camera. Well, I don't know that. Most of them haven't been, probably haven't been in front of a camera. Um, you kind of got to guide and walk them through, mm. through it. Um, Are they children? Yeah. K, oh, okay. K through 12. Got it, got it. Okay. I yeah. thought maybe it was the the members of the organization, like uh, the adults or something. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. No, it's children. Backstory. Like ages five years to 18 years. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. So you have some, some leeway to kind of make them interesting. You know, to add depth to the story that they're telling about themselves. Yep. Neat. Are so, you, do you uh, change it person to person or are you going to kind of try to create one theme and let everybody exist in that? So it's, um, it's a talking head and then there's B roll. Um, we shoot one day at one location, a second day with a different group of children at a second location. Mm-hmm. And um, so the, it's kind of, they're, they're low budget really tiny amount of crew um and so like the basically the b-roll is the only thing that can distinguish them and you kind of got to go by the kids personality on what they do and like we're really located um have our hands tied behind our back with the location as well because um it's tough to operate a camera with your hands tied behind your back yeah and uh um so they want them like season independent. So we can't even shoot outside oh, either. Got it. Cause they um, want to air it or present it whenever they want. Right? Yep. Where's yep. it going to go? What's the intended output? Um, web and, uh, little bits of TV here. Cool. And there. Very cool. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's get a little technical. 
gear wise sure what are you shooting it on i can if you're ready i can i can break this way down i, I want to break it way down because okay. I, I you know i know we have a lot of listeners that do talking heads interviews doc style you know there's, there's this whole branded documentary kind of stuff going around now it's a really big uh form of the content so i'm sure they'd love to know what other people are using to shoot this stuff absolutely uh, it's it's very uh applicable to like a one-man band type of thing mm-hmm. um although i think i've said it before not a fan of doing everything myself um because you will just get burned um yeah. on it oh yeah um so really i i try to never shoot by myself i try to always bring at least one person too much mental we only have so much mental real estate yeah so so um i'll start with sound uh, sound for the talking for the interview portions. I'm using a Rode NTG3 mm. uh, shotgun mic. I have a Rode 10 foot boom pole that's on, mm-hmm. and then that's going into a Tascam. I think it's a 70D. Um, it's one that's supposed to mount underneath your camera. Oh and yeah, it has like the XLR inputs. Um, I have a Rode Link wireless lav that I mic them up with as usually backup audio. Really? So you like the uh, the boom if you can get it, the shotgun? Yep. Cool. Um, and then I have a third backup, or second, I guess it would be second backup, hmm. as a uh, Rode video mic uh, mounted on one of the cameras. Directly into the camera? Yeah, directly into the camera, and then the Rode link. So I shoot the interviews with two cameras. Um, the Rode link goes into one cam, the video mic goes into another. Nice. And then the um, boom mic goes into the Tascam recorder. That's awesome. Um, and then I sync them together with a slate. Um, I still prefer doing slate, even though like premiere can sync it. It's just, it, yeah, it makes it. How does it uh, do that? Do you know how it does? Is it just look at the waveform and basically from what I understand? Yeah. And if you don't have like an internal audio on your video clip, you're just screwed. Yep. Okay. You just have to do it like visually. We did that once. So just as a little aside, uh, I shoot a lot of music videos, obviously. And there was one music video where, uh, I forgot to turn on the internal, like uh-huh. the red, whatever that I was using, didn't have an internal mic at that time. Forgot to turn it on, forgot to plug anything into it. Uh, and then Brad, the director, my buddy, good old Brad Gollin, uh, got into the edit and he <laughs> called me up. He's like, dude, uh, <laughs> there's no audio on any of the clips. I'm like, oh, damn it. And so he had to go through manually and look at the singer's mouth. And then sync it up to the track, <laughs> and then so it would like backfill from there. You didn't slate that. Oh no, hell no. That's this is yeah. This is it's exactly like why. Crew, I, man. <laughs> well, this is why I always slate. Yeah, it's just it's it's a really nice backup to have. But again, me going back to like mental real estate. Yeah, I was thinking about so much stuff. Exactly. Didn't yeah. even yeah. We should it's that do it in prep. You know, so you're mm-hmm. you're going about it right. Yeah, and so like the slate also um, we write the the ch- the child's name on there so we can match that that up later sure and then also it's a nice point to grab white balance if we need to do oh, any cool. color correction yeah, off yeah. of as well um yeah with the with the not recording audio i've ran into that a lot with the um when i first got the road video mic uh, i would always like try to save the batteries and flip it off in between takes and i got burned so many times uh, doing that i'm like nope i just leave it on all day sure because no, it's it, just not worth it you have to put batteries in to power it it doesn't draw from the camera or the the video mic runs off of a nine volt battery oh cool how long does that usually last just curious now um usually <laughs> like more for than me, a day? since i don't use the like since the the video mics uh, definitely all more than one day oh, I, okay. I use it usually weeks at oh, a time that's nice and so yeah another reason why it's just stupid to turn it off yeah, between takes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just curious. It's just like if you have it plugged in directly into the camera, it, it's exactly the situation you're talking about. But that's like, kind of scary, though. Like, what if it goes out mid-take? I guess that's not your only source of audio, so you're you're yep. covered either way. Yeah. And know. then, so the so the second camera, I also have the onboard mic. No, I don't, because I hooked the red link up to it. So, Got yeah, it. anyway, I have three. I have three backup. Three audio like sources. Three audio sources. But, wow. Um, okay, so I guess next question. What are those, you said going into cameras, two mm-hmm. cameras. What cameras are you using? So for this, um, like I said, low budget, um, mostly intended for the web and some um, regional TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just using uh, A6300s. Um, so using Sony? The, yep, Sony A6300s. Uh, they're Got the it. little brother to the A7S two. 
which I've I've done a couple shoots on the A7S. Not a not a huge fan. I don't hate it, mm-hmm. but it, it it's a I mean it's a you know mirrorless digital stills camera that was modded to shoot video. Exactly. Basically. Yep. So there's some workaround stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you like it? How do you how do you go about the quirks? I I like it for what it is, and it's very specific to um, certain situations. I I definitely wouldn't shoot with it on different things. Yeah. It's really vague. But um, so one one thing is we have uh, we're using three on the shoot for one of the quirks it has is that it's very prone to overheating, oh. and so we'll use two for the interview. And then we'll have another one that's used just for B-roll. Wow. And so after the interview, we'll go shoot the kid on the third. On the uh, cold for the camera. B-roll. Uh, yeah, on the cold camera and let the interview huh. ones cool down. What happens uh, if they overheat? Do they just shut down? Do they corrupt media? What? They, I've only had it happen once. Um, so I don't know if it has a tendency to corrupt the media, hmm. but it'll just shut the camera down for sure. Wow. And then, you know, it might take several minutes for it to cool back down enough. Is it uh? Is that something to do with the data rate? Is it 4K? Is it? It's yeah. It's internal 4K mm. um, onto an SD card. That's hefty. Yeah. Yeah, and also because it's. I mean, I I didn't get the camera for its. Okay, I didn't get it like the shooting on like a full size DSLR sure. versus a mirrorless DSLR. I could care less about that difference in size. Yeah. So I didn't. I wasn't worried about that. I'd prefer if it was like a full size beefier D- yeah. DSLR and not have that overheating problem. But yeah, mm. um, I wonder if yeah. that is what it is. It's just so, so thin it, that all the electronics are so close together. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, another thing I I do to combat that is um, I use a battery grip. Yeah. Um, so that takes some of the heat off of the battery. I'm thinking about going external battery with it too. Sure. Um, and then also the battery the the battery is located um, the battery and SD card. On, on that are located on the bottom of the camera. So, like, if you use a battery grip, you have to unscrew the battery grip to get, like, oh, change a battery. Man. Like, I mean, um, to change the SD card. So, yeah. I just usually go with, like, a 64 or 128 card. So, you just keep shooting in there. Yeah. But and if then, you went external, that would fix a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. Huh. You'd still have to take it off, like, the, the tripod and stuff to change the bat, like, the um, the card out. Yeah. So, like, I... Do you have cages on them? I have. Um, so, not f- for this shoot, for the interviews... No. Yeah. Um, for the B-roll, it's uh, mounted on a Tilta shoulder rig. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, other quirk-wise, um, I have these little gel packs um, that are supposed to be, you're supposed to freeze them and then use them as like a little ice pack or heat pack. Yeah. And you stuff it behind the LCD screen oh, and the body. That's it's hilarious. Stupid stuff. That, that it reminds need. me of like the red one when that came out. There were pictures floating around the internet of Steven Soderbergh traipsing around the jungle with a red one on his shoulder and an ice pack, <laughs> a bag of ice, literal ice cubes on top of the camera mm-hmm. to keep it from overheating. Yeah. You're still, we're still dealing with that. <laughs> so, uh, like colors, are you shooting log? Or are you shooting a baked in profile because it's cheap? Shooting uh, neutral. Okay. Shooting neutral. So uh, some contrast and color baked in, but still kind of yeah flattish. Yeah. And okay. basically we're we're shooting these to keep posts at a minimum. Yeah. But still keep some details, especially like the B-roll, especially because you have the B-roll's not like we have a little um, LED light we yeah. use for, for film. Like these cameras, one of the reasons I like them for this sh- is shoot because they have um, lightning fast autofocus. They're really good in low light. Do you use Sony um, lenses with them? Um, for the B-roll camera. I use, so that it can autofocus? Yeah. Wow. So for the B-roll camera, I use a Sony 18 to 105 F4. Is that heavy? No. Huh. Um, and it has, um, so you're able to get like different um, different focal lengths with that. Still decent low light as far as the lens. And then, of course, the camera has really good ISO levels. Sure. Um, but the B-roll, we have that LED, little LED um, battery-powered light for situations where it's just way too dark yeah otherwise it handles it pretty good there um but still like being flat there is good for because you don't know if you're gonna have a window or like deep shadows are you uh or is the a6300 is it as sensitive as the a7s like what kind of iso levels are you working at um i consistent like consistently i have 
frequently shot at 32,000. Uh, 32,000? 32, yep. Wait, no, 3,200. I was going to say, yeah, wow. 3,200. Good Lord. <laughs> and the, so the, A, the A7S2 is a bit better. Yeah. But a little cleaner. The A7S maybe. is 2,500, and these are like $900. Oh, wow. So I was able to get all three of these for the price of one set A7S. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So uh, when you're not using the uh, 18 to 10, whatever, the zoom lens, mm-hmm. uh, what do you have on the other two cameras for the interviews? On the other two cameras, I, I currently use a set of Rokinon lenses. Um, I just bring my set with me and then I'll choose whatever are whatever I need to use. E-mount Sony lenses or are they EF adapters? They're EF adapters. Uh, they're EF lenses because um, I was using Canon before. Mm-hmm. And so I have a couple different adapters that I'm kind of trying out um, mm. with them, but I'm actually, I'm thinking about switching it up actually just because of the, the space limitations we sometimes have. And like, not like we don't have time normally to do like a location scout or see where we're going to be filming ahead of time. So to be able to come into a room with certain size limitations, like mm. sometimes you get into a little jam with using primes. Mm. So I'm thinking about actually using the 18, the 105s on those cameras as well. And then Got that would it. also, because this is dealing with kids, it would fix like the, on the, on the Rokinons, I'd be shooting at, um, T two eight mm-hmm. on them. And so like these, these kids who they weren't like used, the yeah, they, yeah, they bob yeah. and they're going in and out of focus and like, okay, well maybe if I use the zoom lens, I'd be able to get like the right framing, but you could also uh, do autofocus. Yeah. And on an autofocus and that would take care ah, of that. I like that. Yep. It's smart. And is if you don't have to deal with low light environments, like if you can, you know, search out an area in the building you're at that is you can shoot it in a four or yep. a five six that's great yep wow one issue i've run into with with those adapters using ef lenses on sony or e-mount cameras is uh it, it's it's a little softer like you, you don't get the sharpness from the lens because there's a, a glass element in between have you noticed any of that so i have i'm trying on a couple different types of adapters for that for that reason i have i have like a speed booster type that has glass mm-hmm. in front of it i have one that's completely passed through but you can still adjust the aperture if you had a um non-cine lens oh. um, and then i have one that's completely passed through and is dumb um that is also has a like built-in nd variable nd filter cool on it it's like those are the three i'm trying out right now huh so the variable nd it has glass then, okay. Right? Yes. It, yeah. So it's two opposing polarizers, right? Yep. Interesting. I wonder if the uh, iris one without glass is any sharper than the other two. It might be. Hmm. It might be. There's. I can't remember off the top of my head. But there's some of them that like don't focus at infinity. Yeah. Which is annoying. And like, so I'm always carrying them all around. It kind of depends on the situation I'm going into. Sure. What I'm going to use. Well, yeah, you're pulling the lens further away from the camera body and adding another element in between. I don't know. It's just always kind of weird to me. Yeah. But yeah, I have noticed that when I do the the punch in like digital zoom for focus check stuff on like a FS7 or whatever, I've noticed if I'm using EF lenses with an adapter, it's softer. There's like some uh, aberration, you know, chromatic aberration mm-hmm. on the edges and stuff versus like a G lens, a G master lens or whatever on yep. natively. Huh. And so for in in the future I might pick up some more of those um eighteen to one oh fives. I might jump up and get um one of the more expensive like the twenty five hundred dollar lenses at some point for something like the twenty eight the Yeah. They have like a twenty eight to one ten pretty nice one that I've used before mm-hmm. on the shoot. Um but I don't think I'm gonna be switching all my like Cine lenses over to Sony because if I was to buy a cinema camera i think i'd go with the um c300 yeah and so i want to keep them for that good like i don't want to invest a ton of money in sony lenses no they're solid and they're fast right they're like mm. t1.5 yeah rokinons yeah yep. that's pretty solid um so are you you mentioned the the little bar- battery powered light for the b-roll are you lighting the interviews or is it uh finding a location that has a good existing light so we don't get to choose the location so oh, okay. i can't do that we don't have um timer budget to do any kind of location scouting normally on yeah. these. Um, so I'm bringing in a, uh, Kino, um, a diva 400 and a diva 200. Um, so I'll use the 400 as the key. If mm-hmm. I need fill, I'll bring in the 200 
Cool. For that, um, for a kicker, I'm using a, a low pro yeah. with a CTB gel on it. And then if the background's boring, um, I use a like a low Omni yeah. uh, with party gel on it um, and a wooden cookie. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. Add some texture and some color. Yep. Love it. That's pretty cool. And you're doing how many in a day? Um, about five. Five so. in a day plus B-roll for each kid, right? Yep. Wow. It's yeah. a workload. It's it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. We could, we could, I wish, honestly, we could squeeze more in there. Like they... Huh. I wish they'd provide us with eight to ten per really? day instead okay. of five. But because it, you said two day, yep, two day shoot. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, I guess provide you a little more time to do. Uh, maybe just do a second day for B roll specifically or something. Well, the because these kids are being taken out of school, they can't. Like mm. they, we only have about an hour with that, each kid. That makes sense. But I don't like. I've I've. I'm pretty efficient with the interview, and we're getting really efficient with the B roll shooting. Yeah. Where, um, like after the second interview, like we're normally ahead of schedule by like 20 minutes, we're just sitting around. Like, so I, we, I feel like we can squeeze more people in. Got it. Yeah. But then again, I mean, if something goes wrong and you know, there's a hiccup, you, you want that padding, you want that ability to fix the issue. Yep. So again, you know, careful what you wish for. (laughs) Careful what you wish for. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I have, um, some bring in grip wise. Obviously, uh, two baby stands for the Kinos. I have a kit stand for two kit stands for the Lowell. No, mm. I have one kit stand for the Lowell Pro. For the Lowell Omni, I use a 20 inch C stand with a triple header on it. And so I throw the light on, on one side and then throw the grip arm and the cookie oh, yeah. on another. So it eliminates the need for an extra stand there. So you just bag the crap out of that to make sure it doesn't fall over? Yeah, and it's usually pretty low in the background and away from everybody. Oh, yeah. So. <clears throat> Safe. Um, normally for the uh, sandbags, I'm bringing like just 10 pound sandbags for this stuff. Um, Sweet. Is this all stuff that you own or do you yep. rent? You yep. own it? Oh, own, cool. Yep. Reducing cost. Yep. Like uh, it. Have you uh, thought to switch over to LEDs? Yes. Or do you love the fluorescence? Um, I like the cost of the fluorescence sure. better. Um, I would... It's something we've we've talked about before. I, I I am thinking about switching over to something like the Astra or the um, really for the interviews. I would like more like a um, a Sky Panel or the Selects. Those are expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I don't want to I don't want to buy something. I'd rather I'd rather buy those than buy like an eight hundred dollar sure light. Uh, I have seen a lot of things on the internet. Well, you know, LED wise, the Quasar Science tubes are. Very uh, trendy, I would say now. Yep. Not a, not trendy in a bad way, but they, a lot of people are using them because they're good lights and they're cheap. Uh, but I've seen a few guys, uh, one dude in town, uh, Brady Jobson, a local shooter, posted something. Uh, he created this, his, his own key light, basically. He strung four together in these clips, these like rope clips. So you have four, it's like a four-band kino. Okay. But four quasars stacked together horizontally. So four feet wide. Okay. One tube. And then below that, another tube, below that, another, you know. Uh, And then he pushes that through, you know, a silk. Nice. A four by silk. He just wraps it around it to create a soft source. Looks really interesting. And each uh, quasar is, what, 300 bucks or. So for $1,200, you've got this great output. But you said they're battery powered, right? They're not, no. They're not? No, no, no. Quasars, uh, they have one end, like a pigtail that just goes into a wall. So you do a, a like power strip or something or, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like that. You'd have to gang idea. them all together. But then you could just unplug one if it's too much. It's like or, for $2,400, you, you got both sides and, and you have the flexibility to, well, yeah. with and Kinos you, you do too. But temperature like, and. You can use them as individual lights. Oh, and like, they're great. Yeah. With no ballast. So you could just buy six of them, and if you wanted to, gang four together or three together, create a key light, arm out one with that 20-inch C-stand, whatever you have, uh, over the for a backlight, you know, and then fill with the other one or whatever you wanted to do. You don't get the, the hard light like you do with the Lowell yeah. or any of that for the background, but, you know, again, it's just uh, maybe it's becomes art direction now versus a lighting thing. Yeah. Yeah. But they're they're nice. I'm just just throwing that out there. That actually might be a better... And they're cheap. Yeah. I didn't know they were $300 cheap. Something like that. Yeah. 
They're not crazy. Plus, you can buy them in any length, like from one foot to eight feet. So if you don't need four feet, just buy a couple two-footers. Buy, you know, it depends on the spaces you're working in. Okay. Yeah. I, I was staying, I was staying um, away from them because I thought they were all battery-powered and I needed to last all day. The but. Astera tubes, A-S-T-E-R-A, those are battery-powered, I believe. But the Quasar Science tubes, you plug into the wall. Yeah, they're, you know, AC power. Um, so here you go. I'm looking at them now. The X fades. The four footers are 275. Okay. Yeah. You can get they, two footers. Um, so dual two color? 2000 Kelvin to 6000. Uh, a scrollable wheel on the side. And then dimmable? Uh, yeah, you can throw an inline dimmer. Yeah, so you'd pay 30 okay. bucks or whatever for a dimmer from Home Depot and have full control. Yeah. Which are great, you know? I kind of like that idea better than going with the Selects or the Sky Panels for now. I would. Yeah, the Selects have, I mean, they have the, the RGBW kind of color tunability. So if you wanted to do a party gel look, you could do a green, purple, blue, whatever, which you can't do with the crossfades. They have a version like that, but it's a lot more expensive. Yeah. But if you're doing normal, naturalistic interview style stuff, highly recommend. Yeah. Yeah. I probably wouldn't use the, yeah, I'd use them as a, a key or a fill. I probably wouldn't use them as the, the backlight or the Yeah, just the keep kicker. the lowels yeah. or whatever you have and, and use gels. Yep. Yep. Plus, the, your power draws way less. Yeah. Versus tungsten units. Yeah, that's why the, um, I was using the fluorescent because the, the Kinos because of that. And then I was at the, the, Omni is only 500 and then the yeah. Lil Pro is 250. Yep. So I'm almost positive that I'd always be able to, to work that oh, sure. into the locations. Sure. But if you had one outlet, one circuit, you could run 10 of these things. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's great. I just did a shoot. Uh, I don't, did I talk about that? The, the beauty shoot that I did with Brandon a while back? The one where you had the, the big... Um, it was like five different bays in Midwest Studios. No, I think the last one you talked about, you had a big soft box on top. Big soft. Hmm. So maybe uh, I didn't talk about this one where yeah. we built a set at Midwest and we had five different bathrooms. No. Got it. Okay. Well, I used, I, mean, I, I might do a breakdown of that at some point uh, for the listeners, but it, it was extensive uh, and we used quasars uh, as our, our keys, backlights, I think I'd. Four, six, four, eight, twelve, sixteen, twenty-five, twenty-seven quasar tubes. Nice on the set, and then plus five six K space lights and a five K uh, Fresnel and a a, a couple of Lecos. I mean, it was a big shoot. Yeah, so nice. I need to break that down. But yeah, yeah. What, what I'm saying is those are they're very versatile lights. We put them in Kino housings, put them through diffusion built boxes around them to keep the spread off the walls and they're so you can put great. the quasar tubes in in, in the kino, kino housings housing. yeah do the quasar tubes have a ballast and they don't need one no yeah. they're not fluorescent but they don't have a like a big power inverter box or anything either nope <laughs> sweet it's got these two clips um it's actually one clip on one side you plug it in like a normal fluorescent light and it's got a, a edison pigtail like you just plug into a wall a normal socket are they the same thickness as a regular just fluorescent tube yeah they're like a quasar or a kino bulb huh. so they're they're t12 they come in t12 you can buy t8s the smaller mm-hmm. fluorescent size too that they have you know so you could replace uh, all the fixtures in an office yeah there was a with quasar bulb. shoot i did last year that uh yeah. i replaced like 110 bulbs yeah. in an office building. So if you like, had quasars, you could do with that. Yeah. And a better quality of light, in my opinion. So, and you just get a lot of, you get a lot out of them. Like we had to dim them down to, to get to the level, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll definitely look into that. Mm-hmm. I would. Uh, maybe our listeners have other fixtures that they like. You know, if, if you use something else that we didn't mention not Estera, Quasar, Kino. Maybe there's some I don't know about. I'm sure mm-hmm. there is. There, there's tons of stuff I don't know about. Yep. Drop us a link uh, in our Slack group. Yeah. I, I, I'm always learning and looking, and I know you are too. So. Yeah. 
You know, I was, I was at the same NAB show that you and Brandon were in, uh, were at that year. And, uh, like one of the big things that they had was just led lights everywhere from yeah. like every kind of manufacturer name brand and Chinese mm. that you can think of. And it oh, was just totally. overwhelming. It was like, I don't want to look at led lights anymore. Well, like, it, it was also hard to suss out like the quality ones versus mm-hmm. just the, the cheap knockoffs. One of the things you you go to certain booths and you'd look, they'd have 15 of the same panel, uh, but the one on the left would have a green spike. The one in the middle would be kind of magenta, and that one would be a little warm, and that one's a little blue, and that one's a little green. You know, the quality control wasn't there. So certain brands are doing it right. Uh, some aren't, and that's just the ones you need to weed out and kind of find find the good ones. Yep. So, anywho, let's go. Cool. So lighting, grip, camera, sound. Yep. You're bringing one other guy. Um, yep. Are you doing any movement, any camera support? So, um, no, for the interviews, since they're, they're kids and they give really short answers most of the time, yeah. just two uh, Manfrotto tripods. Got it. Okay. Uh, for the interviews. And like I said, for the B-roll, it's just shoulder-mounted tilter rig, um, seven-inch monitor um, on huh. that, and which is shared with the interview cameras as well. Like when I go set up the interview camera, I will plug it into each camera and check like false color and stuff like that. Make sure. Cool. So that's how you're judging exposure. Yep. That's nice. Um, and then, yeah. So C stand to hold the uh, boom pole, uh, and just two C stands for just spares. Like I I bring out like a a portable flag kit. Yeah. Um, like a rags or something. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's a digital juice and a Westcott that I combined to make like a two sandwich portable flag kit. Nice. Um, so that, cool. that's kind of the grip wise part. And then I have like, you know, a, a crate of stingers and just miscellaneous yeah. clamps and junk. You can't bring too much if you only have two guys. Yeah. So. And yeah, all of it's transported on a um, rock and roller cart. Yeah. Rock and roller cart shelf and a grip and gaff bag. Nice. When you, uh, when you get the footage back into Premiere and you're going through post-production, are you throwing a look on it? Are you using like Lumetri and Premiere Pro? Are you Da Vinci? Are you doing any color correction? Really, just basic color correction okay. inside Premiere. So contrast, because and... like I said, the the budget on these is pretty small. Where we're not trying to spend a ton of time. Sure. And got to get them out quick. And yeah. yeah. Okay. So just basic basic color. We have um, we this is a an organization we do these videos for every so often. So we have like the like all the lower thirds already pre generated, and we just have to. Type in the name, the, the, the kids' names and stuff. Cool. Yeah. Let's. How long are the uh, are the final videos? There's a two minute version and a one minute version. Nice, and ten of them. Yep, ten, ten, yeah, ten kids total. Cool for the two days. That's great. Sounds like a yeah. good project, especially something that comes back every year. A couple times a year. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. How did you initially get involved with that client? I know a lot of people have questions regarding like getting new clients or maintaining client relationships and. Uh, it was actually my employee. It was a referral through him. Nice. Um, someone reached out to him and he kind of passed it on. Said, I, I know this guy, Frank. You got to use Frank. <laughs> yep. And then, um, yeah. So, Sweet. And that, I have a I have a one-ton cargo van and a HHR panel van. And like that, that type of interview kit fits all in the HHR. The Frank fleet. Yeah. You have your own fleet of vehicles. <laughs> yep. That's excellent. You're growing and expanding. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. Uh, when's that again? When are you doing that? I'm doing that uh, this coming Monday and Tuesday, which will be already happened by the time this comes out. Sweet. Yeah. That's cool. So it's kind of the setup for a small budget, like yeah, two crew person type of shoot. That's solid. Yeah. yeah I think you're going about the right way. I think <clears throat> if you swap out some of those fixtures with LEDs and... Be a little more efficient. I don't disagree that I like the concept of LEDs. How are they more efficient than a fluorescent, though? As far as power output and the Barely. quality of light, yeah. No, I mean the 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 fixtures you have now are yeah. very efficient and easy to use. I just like the quality better out of the Quasar Science tubes. Yeah, yeah. Especially, it's a broader source. You can you can make a bigger source out of it. And for depending on the style of lighting you're doing, it's a little more pleasing. Okay. So something to think about. It, it might be a little more work, honestly, to, to get it rigged up and have it actually function. But That's kind of what this, yeah. with this style of shoot. You want to go like, quick. It's, it's very focused, like the gear selection. Like I'm not bringing a lot of the, the bigger stuff I have and just mm-hmm. like keeping it 
simple. Sure. As simple as I can. Yeah, I mean, and you, you may constantly be, tweaking that too. You like, may be on the perfect track then. Yeah. Just saying. And then I have, um, for as far as like all the logging and stuff, like each child has their, their own sheet that I'll, I'll have when they come in, you know, get their, the correct spelling of their name, how they want it on screen. Yeah. Um, any other information that goes on screen, um, there'll be list of questions. Like I'll already have the questions, um, pre-selected. I'll print them out for each kid. Yeah. Um, and then they'll like, it'll be like a table format and then I'll have the, the guy that's shooting the, the B roll. He'll come in during the interviews and sit there at the clipboard with that sheet and he'll like have a stopwatch run that when we hit record. Yeah. Mark the start and end times for each question, circle good, good responses, cross out. So he's kind of your, your script supervisor kind of taking notes. So you, when you get into the edit, you know, oh, okay. He, you know, question three, that was a pretty solid response and two minute video. We're probably going to use three and five and blah. Yep. Okay. And then to set up the interview, we had the kid sit down, like have them set up really straight and like kind of frame it and then slouch down. Yeah. Make sure he's still in frame. And then like we're shooting in 4K delivering in 1080. So these kids, yeah, move around. We have room to crop. Um, And then um, since the kids aren't used to interviewing or being on camera, I have a specific way I do the interviews as well. And I use cue cards for them. Mm. And the cue cards allow me to prompt them with a question without me saying anything because they have a real tendency otherwise to start talking over me. With yeah. their answer, it makes it really hard to edit. So. I know. And if you're doing it 10 times in a row, you'd be, okay, wait. <laughs> After I ask the question, give it a moment, then respond in a full sentence, reworking the question into your answer. Yep. <laughs> Frank, what kind of bourbon do you like? You don't just say Blanton's. You say, I like Blanton's bourbon. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's cool, man. Yep. Uh, what's the turnaround time like on that? You said two-day shoot, you're doing... Two-day shoot, and then we usually like kind of depends on the turnaround time but we usually like to get them their first drafts in about a week or two that's great that's nice so while you're working up to that you're you're doing all the pre-pro you're doing you know everything to get ready do you have any time to relax and enjoy and watch netflix or go to the movies um last night i finally had time to go to the movies really yep what did you see i finally might be the literally the one of the last people on the planet on the planet that uh saw star wars really the mm-hmm. last jedi yep last person on the, the last planet, man last to see the jedi. last jedi yep oh god saw one of the theaters that has the reclining chairs and then i there were including me there were three people <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the theater and it was like the it's most... time for them to stop running the movie now well yeah. that's the thing is that i didn't really have time to go watch it but i was like i want to see it i missed the chance to see it in imax so yeah. i still wanted to see it in 3d Otherwise, I'd probably just wait for it to come on um, DVD or Netflix. Sure. So like, okay, I want to see it in 3D. And I looked, I checked out to see how far it could go. And like, went like um, tomorrow, which is when, so I had, uh, I had like a three-day window to still see it in 3D. Wow. And I was like, all right, I, I better go see it. And, and it was actually like being in a completely empty theater, seeing Star Wars in 3D on the big screen. It's great. In a big, comfy, relaxing chair. It was so relaxing. It was one of the most relaxing times I've probably had in a year. That's awesome. Yeah. And the other I, three people were just yelling and screaming. <laughs> so it was like a full theater. Yeah. <laughs> That's Okay, so general thoughts. Love it, hate it, kind of like it. What do you think? So going into it, I, I hadn't watched the trailer, so I had no expectations. Really? Or any, like, even idea what it looked like. Because you're a busy man. You don't have time to watch trailers. <laughs> And, uh, so I went in, but I've, I've, a lot of people close to me have said they hated it. Yeah. A lot of those people have been Star Wars fans. Sure. So they hated it. Hated. I, I, I mentioned it to, uh, you talked about it yeah. uh, an episode or two ago. You said you didn't like it. As a whole. So I, I, I don't remember exactly what I said. Cause again, I'm a mouse and not an elephant, but, uh, I love scenes. I love specific scenes from the movie. I think some of the scenes are some of the best in Star Wars. As a whole, I was disappointed. I was telling Adam earlier before we started recording that about a half hour, 40 minutes in, I if I if I didn't pay so much for it and, and wasn't just like, I don't know, didn't have anything to do, I probably would have left. Mm-hmm. Like I was bored out of my skull. 
And I was kind of frustrated by a lot of the things that were happening. But anyway. So this is the stuff I heard. Yeah. And I didn't hear really many people say they liked it even. Yeah. Um, and so the, the, la- the um, Rogue One, I was very much like you, or I didn't, I didn't really like Rogue One. I was completely bored in the first 30 minutes really? of Rogue One. So I, I went into this and um, I actually, I don't know what all the fuss was about. I really enjoyed it. Good. I'm glad you did. I, th- there are some stupid things and some silly things and, but like they're, they're in like every Star Wars movie, like even the really good ones have had stupid and silly things. I know. And it, and certainly every superhero movie has stupid and silly. Th- I, I just don't, sure. I don't get why people, so up in hated arms. it. I also, I, I do want to say, I did mm. see it in 3D. So in 3D for me, like kind of makes things already look a little artificial in video gamey. Yeah. I know a lot of people complain that things didn't look realistic. Yeah. And that might've been a complaint, but I don't know. I, well, there's I really one thing in particular understand. I can think of. Where What's that? Chewie is eating a comical rubber uh, space penguin or whatever the hell the thing's called on the island. He's like over a fire, like staring at this bird with tear-filled eyes, and he's eating what looks like a Fisher-Price roasted plastic chicken. And I don't understand that. I don't get who allowed that prop. I don't, you know, but there it is. So that, that took you right out of the movie. Obviously fake roasted bird. Do you know what alien roasted birds look like, though? Oh, I'm very familiar. Okay. Uh, no, I know what a real roasted bird looks like. Uh, I've never seen a roasted penguin. Maybe they look plastic. There uh, are some, like penguins, they're kind of rubbery. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't have, like, a sheen to it where its feet are perfectly, like, propped out of its, like, meaty thighs. I mean, it was just bad. It was. Re- I'm going to look up a photo. I'm going to post on the Slack group and say this is crap. So it should have looked more like a turkey. Yeah, <laughs> it just should have looked real. I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how better to explain it. So there's certain things like that that got me. I'm like, what? What? What is that? What's what's something else? Something else. Uh, Rose going for the kiss after she knocked uh, Finn out of the way of trying to kill himself okay that was that was a little forced he should have been allowed he should have been celebrated for sacrificing himself to save everyone else he should have been allowed to fly straight down the barrel of that device that cannon yep and save everyone else and everybody should have gone yeah we're sorry we lost you but you're a badass i agree you know but no he gets knocked out of the way by some girl that showed no interest in him before but now is madly in love with him. Yep. And we were supposed to, quote, already know that. Yeah, bad. I, I, can, I can get behind that. Very bad. Yeah, very bad. Luke saying, uh, I'm going to teach you three lessons, then only teaching two. Uh, okay, I didn't catch that. Uh, <laughs> him, okay, the, the sea cow thing on the beach where he's like drinking blue milk out of a jug. And he's like milking the sea creature and it looks back at Ray like, ooh, you seeing this? This is good. Okay. That scene I thought was ridiculous. I think they just wanted to show people where different colored milk comes from. Well, from I the guess, first movie. But does he have to like look up with a blue milk stained beard and go, <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> okay. So what else? Like, I mean, everyone's I, it's like. It's been a while since I've seen it, but. Everyone's saying this is terrible. I'm I know. Seeing, I never like, said ev- terrible. Every, every movie yeah. has these type of flaws in it. Like, I'm not seeing what makes this so terrible. I never said so terrible. I said I loved scenes. You almost walked out of it. I was bored. Yeah. And it was, it was after, I think it was after the roast. It's a porg. That's what it's called, that bird thing. I think it was after the roasted porg that I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. And I'm I, the editing, it was just slow paced. They could have cut so much meat out of that. It wasn't even meat. They could have cut fat out and made it more meaty. They could. Uh, and there were some scenes yeah. with the dialogue that like, had this, like, I'm talking, so the camera's on me. You're talking now, the camera's on you. Back to yeah. me. Very kind of formulated. Yep. Yeah. Oh, the other one, the big one, 
the huge one that I, w- I flabbergasted was Leia. For anyone that hasn't seen it, by this point, you know, freaking spoilers alert, all right? We're going to talk through all the, you know, nooks and crannies and juice of this. Uh, Leia gets blown out of the deck of the spaceship she's on. And then after having, what is this, episode eight? Something like that. Episode eight. Having no, other than like, okay, I can hear my brother's voice in my head. No connection to the force or showing special abilities. After none of that, episode eight, she comes flying back in to the spaceship like Mary Poppins <laughs> versus freezing to death in the cold emptiness of space like any normal human being would do. Let her die. Let her die. Just like Finn, let them die. I think she should have died in this movie. Be a martyr. Be, you know, whatever. I'm surprised with her actual death that he didn't let her die in the movie. Seriously. Yeah, missed opportunity. Now you got to explain away where she went. Yep. But either way, her flying back in like Mary Poppins really took me out of it. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. okay, on that note, same scene, same sequence, weaponizing light speed. I call BS. Okay. That's never happened in any Star Wars movie before. If that was a possibility, why didn't you take an X-Wing yeah. and ram it through the Death Star? Or in that same scene, earlier in the chase, turn around a, a med ship or a cruiser, any any disposable ship after it's been evacuated, and ram that into the the giant juggernaut or whatever the hell it was called. Totally agree. Why wait until every half the people are dead? And then you're like, this was my brilliant idea all along. I just didn't do it until now. So, yes, I, there are frustrations all throughout this movie for me. It's, it really surprises me that you like superhero because, movies because they're all like that. But here's the thing. Here's the difference for me. I go in expecting that. With Star Wars is Star Wars. kind of a superhero movie. And I think it's the last two were a lot more serious and a lot more grounded for me. So I went into this expecting that same style and the same like, all right, we're going to adhere to this universe we've created. We're not going to throw it all out the window kind of a thing. So that is what threw me off. Okay. I didn't expect, oh, this is Ryan Johnson's film. Everything changes now. You know, which I, again, if I were to step back or maybe go into it without expecting something else, maybe I would have enjoyed it more. Okay. But there, there were grounded expectations from previously established themes and, you know, character motivations in other Star Wars films that just got destroyed. Speaking of character motivations, I heard a lot of people say like, why would Luke act like that? And I never got any kind of thing in the movie about Luke acting like Luke has always acted. He's always been a little like hothead. Uh, I think it all starts with him throwing a light, the the lightsaber that holds all this personal history over his shoulder and just saying, screw it. So he was like a teenager in the first movies. Yeah. And so now he's old, he's, he's old. Like you don't think somebody changes? He said too in that much amount of time. Blue space sea cow milk. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, yeah, I get it. People change, and and yeah, it. I don't know. So I, I used to be real big into cars, and I can see you know myself at sixty, someone like, hey, here's your here's your Trans Am you used to have. Like, I don't care. I don't want it. I, but you don't then, you know, put it in drive and bail from the car and let it go over a cliff, tumbling into a ball of flames. You're like, eh, it's fine. Well, I might, you know, I could see, I could probably sell this for a lot of money now. So, or I could park it in a storage unit and like remember days of old. But you don't he, go, f you for <laughs> handing me this. You well, it depends. Like if if that trans <laughs> if the Trans Am if I was driving that Trans Am and I got in a big wreck and killed somebody in the passenger seat and caused this like big pile up on the highway, I probably have pretty pretty negative feelings. And that's kind of what happened. I guess you just equated a lightsaber to Trans Am, <laughs> and I love it. I think that's great. That's that's uh, 
the right way to go. I don't know, man. It holds a lot of history, and I think it would have been he could have done the same thing motivationally. Like he could have just put it in his pocket or, you know, looked at it, shed a tear, and walked off and like stashed it in a box. Like tossing it or it could have gone over the cliff, it disappeared forever. You know, I don't know. One thing, speaking of the cliff, they showed his X Wing in the water. Yeah. And they never, like, it never paid off. No. There are a lot of things in the movie that never paid off, Frank. <laughs> Lots. I think the movie paid off for Disney, though. I'm sure it did. Yeah. I'm sure it made, what, three, four times its budget. Um, yeah. A lot of ridiculousness. A lot of uh, the whole sequence on the island where it's showing like his daily life of like fishing and squeezing you know animals teats for blue milk and you know all that i just again a a waste of time it's a waste of time but you're gonna have these stupid people online like well it's an island how does he ever eat anything or like where does he get liquid nutrition from from the force (laughs) yeah how can you survive without blue milk i mean come on um Anyway, but there were sequences that I did love. Like what? Uh, like the final, like, salt salt battle. I guess salt, right? The red planet yep. with uh, uh, big walkers. I mean, that was gorgeous. One of the most visually striking sequences of any Star Wars film. That mm-hmm. in the uh, Snoke's throne room battle. Beautiful. I liked the, uh, the throne room battle yeah. the most visually. Like, even that was super simple. Yeah, I just really liked a big I, I, red I, wall. Yeah, I dug the look of that quite yeah, a bit. Silhouette everybody against this red wall. It's gorgeous, you know. And the fight choreography was great. And you know, Ray and uh, Kylo working as a team. I mean, it's just yeah, it's cool. Yep. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you're bringing back uh, back hard memories. <laughs> Did you get a chance to see the uh, rough, rough memories? Murder on the Orient Express yet? I didn't. No, we were going to do that uh, right after, but I think that's out of theaters now. Probably. Probably. Yeah, we'll wait until that comes out. Uh, I'll see it. I'll see it eventually. It's not going to hold the same impact as it would on a screen, you know, shot in 65 millimeter, 70 millimeter, whatever film. So seeing it on Blu-ray, everything looks sharp and nice and there's no magic. There's no magic to it. What kind of TV setup do you have? I have a Vizio 4K, like 55-inch smart TV Okay, that looks terrible off-angle. Um, but when you stand directly in front of it in the center of the room, it looks great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll look fine. You know, maybe I'll upgrade to a better TV by the time that comes to the DVD. But uh, there's just a lot of content out there. There's a lot, a lot to look at, a lot to watch. Uh, did you watch the Super Bowl? I did. Did you see the trailer for the Cloverfield Paradox? Yes. Did you then go watch the Cloverfield Paradox? I didn't, but it looked really good, and I will probably watch that. I'll have to watch Cloverfield first. Oh, yeah. God, you need a lot of catching up, man. I'm still waiting on that list from you, by the way. I know. I've I've been busy. What busy. What have you been up to? Uh, so I've got a few projects coming up, uh, done a bunch of social media, like branding and marketing personally recently for a few music videos that have been coming out. Uh, there's a lot more to come out, um, working on the house, just personal stuff. Uh, and then getting ready for a, a bigger project later this year that I'm not allowed to talk about. Okay. That I won't talk about, not talking about it. Yeah. Yet, and uh, yeah, just kind of the general housekeeping stuff that, that goes along with a freelancer. Meetings, lots and lots of meetings, lots of conversations about potential projects, and that's I feel like always the name of the game. Yep, it's like oh, there's fifty things that might could potentially possibly might could maybe happen, how and do then you, like five payoff or three payoff. So how do you, what do you what do you typically do when you have Five people that say like, hey, in June, sure, I had this thing that might happen. Do you just say, like, how do you handle that? Um, well, I have a really good liquor store right down the street. So I just buy a bottle of bourbon and I wait. <laughs> I 
because none of that's in my control. It's like, well, you know, I put in the groundwork and built up this resume and this reel and this whatever style, I guess you'd say. And if somebody wants to hire me, they're going to hire me. You know, I put in a little legwork uh, as far as taking meetings and reaching out. I mean, will you commit to a time frame when it's kind of up in the air, if whether it's, it's going to happen? Uh, I'll do a hold or a soft hold. Um, and if something solidifies prior to that, I will then reach out to the first hold and say, hey, I've got this offer from X. That's a for sure thing. Mm-hmm. But since you put me on hold first, you you know, you have first say, is, is your thing happening or not? If it's not happening right now, or if you can't get back to me within an hour, I'm going to take this other job. But I'm giving you the opportunity now to book me like fully on. So if you had a, a shoot that somebody, so you have two, okay. So yeah. yeah. So I come with you and uh, I come to you hey, and, I got this and thing say, June Hey, 15th. I got this thing. Yeah. yeah. June, it shoots a week. Are sure. you, are you interested in like, oh, okay. I'll, yeah. I'm interested. Maybe. Is it, then, is it for sure? And then no. Okay. But I think it might, uh, I'm, you know, I'm confident and I know it's going to happen, but like I haven't lined okay. up financing for it. Well yet, then I'm, but, com- I'm comfortable uh, being put on a hold for that. And if something else presents itself, then I will come to you and allow you to. So if something comes to you that's solid yeah, and it's a one day shoot, do you cancel that five day unknown for the one sure thing? Yes. Okay. A bird in the hand, Frank. Is worth five? Is worth 15,000 in a bush in New Zealand. Yes. Totally. You got to take the for sure thing. And I think that's the, uh, a lot of this industry obviously is built on hopes and dreams and wishes. Um, but if you can build somewhat of like a concrete base and structure and work off of the for sure things, you're eventually going to work your way up to the dream level type stuff, Mm. but you need to be able to pay the bills. You need to be able to feed yourself. You need to be able to take care of your family. You need to, you know, just subsist and, and survive in the real world. It's not all the dream world. Unfortunately. Rough. And everybody wants to hold out for the you know, 30 day feature that might happen. But when you get called for five commercial days or, you know, you're waiting for the 10 day, yeah, whatever dream project, but it's not for sure. And then you get called for three for sure days, you know, you got to make a big boy decision and like, yeah. Cool. So I don't know. That that's not always like a hard and fast rule for me. Um, there are some things that I will hold out for if I'm financially stable and I've got you know plenty of money in the bank and I don't need to take a job. And there is a ninety percent chance that this dream job will happen. I may say no to something solid. Yeah, I can see that. You know, but it, it's all situational. It's all dependent on like, oh, how are you doing right now? Do you need that money? Do you need that? Do you need to uphold that relationship for that sure project? Or do you want to wait out for the maybe with a new client that could lead to X? Mm -hmm. I think that's some solid advice. It's a gamble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. I guess like with gambling, I'll just further the analogy and then end it. Like with gambling, if you have money to burn, in this case, money is time or actual money, if you have money to burn and you're comfortable losing it all, feel free. If you have three kids and a wife that doesn't work at home, take the for sure thing. Take the $15 an hour. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. I agree. So on that cheery note... Uh, anyway, uh, anything you're excited for, anything, any happy note that we can wrap this up on? How about, do we have any reviews? We do. And you know what? There is a cheery one, a very happy thing that we can talk about. (laughs) All right. This is from Tomiga. It's the title, a must listen slash drink. Okay. I like it already. Uh, I've listened to every episode from day one. These fellas are legit. If you like the world of production and bourbon, then your worlds are about to collide. Pour up and listen in for a good old-fashioned knowledge and entertainment half-punch. One-two punch. 
Uh, Shaken, not stirred, of course. Listen especially to episode 105, Drown It With Brown. That guest is, well, I'll let you decide. Cheers. Hmm. Who's that from? Tomiga. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. One-two punch. One-two punch. Not a half punch. I mean, it could be. Maybe it meant a half punch. One-two punch. Uh, what do you think about that? Think it's real? Think it's legit? Yeah. Yeah? Are we are we a one-two punch? <laughs> I think we one-two punched them today. A one-two bourbon punch. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Um, yeah, we got we got some cool stuff coming up, right? Lots of breakdowns. Lots of breakdowns, but that's what we're here for. Cool. I break down. I break down my life. Break... <laughs> anyway, uh, cool. it's been a good one. Yeah, it has. Leave us a... Uh... Leave us a review on iTunes. Um, hit us up uh, social media at FDB Podcast and um, request to join the Slack group. Yes, yep. Maybe a Facebook group coming up. Ooh, teasing trial, <laughs> trial. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, it's been okay. fun, and uh, until next time. Yep. Cheers. Cheers. This podcast is produced by Frank Steele and recorded live at Gwyn Sound Studio. Find out more at GwynSound.com.